All right. Story of my life. Trying to figure out what I want to do. I think that I think uh, what Bruce just said uh, is pretty much apropos for all of us trying to figure out what we want to do. Uh, I'm hoping we're live night right now. We've been messing around with our new software system here and I've got a blank screen. Hey, now I see me and I see Jack and I don't see Bruce, but I know he's there. Hey, Jackie, how you doing, brother? Bob, I'm super fantastic. How are you, my brother? I'm good, man. I'm ready to talk some smack. I didn't know if we were going to be able to talk some smack or just look at black. I had a black screen there for a little while, but it looks like we're good now. By the way, how cool are the are the um, Snapchat little emoji dudes that we created of ourselves? The little cartoon guys? That's not bad. Hey, man, my guy's styling in the red chucks, which you can't see, I don't think, in this shot, No, not on this. Yeah, not on this one, right? I mean, suit coat. V-neck, red chucks, yeah. You do Got the suit all. coat. You do do the suit coat with the V-neck a lot, don't you? I do, man. That's been my dress code for a really long time. Funny story: <laughs> when I was in college, I yeah. actually wore a suit and tie to class for a while. And really, the older I get, the more I you carry. Have were to you one of those? To get out of a were, t-shirt. Were you one of those put nerds? On something else. Were you one of those nerds that carried um? Uh, uh, a briefcase to class instead of a backpack? Define nerd and define briefcase. <laughs> if you carried a briefcase, you're one of those nerds. That's how I'm defining it. You said you wore a suit to class in college. If you wore a suit and tie to class, you carried a briefcase. I know you did. I can neither confirm nor deny. <laughs> Where'd you go to college again? days, I may have dressed the part. <laughs> Where did you go to college again? I forgot. I started at Baldwin Wallace College, a private yeah. school. Yeah, we all know Baldwin Wallace. In the greater Cleveland area. Yeah. Yellow Jackets. Yeah. And finished up in my hometown at Ashland University. Ah, okay. All right, very good. Go Eagles. But, so anyway, you were wearing the uh the the jacket and tie. Now you downgraded to uh to the V-neck with the jacket. I'm just dressed in what I pretty much wear most of the time as a hoodie. Uh, and a pair of jeans. That's just kind of my thing. I would have my let's go Brandon hoodie on and my little cartoon guy there. If I could have uh, found a way to navigate that, but uh, you had to, you're stuck with whatever Snapchat gave us, by the way, we're not 12. We use Snapchat. <laughs> Jack, you didn't even have a Snapchat, uh, Snapchat app downloaded until I made you do this to create your little guy, right? Bro. You had to sell me out like that. <laughs> no, you're you're, I'm not selling you out at all. You're an adult. You didn't have Snapchat. This is really not for adults. It's a kid thing. I had it only because you can probably guess to keep snapping back and forth with my kids. That's all. Cause I, that's all I have on my snap, you know, group or whatever is just my son is away at college. My daughter's away at college. They Snapchat. So they said, dad, you got to have one of these. This is how we're going to you know, connect every day, blah, blah, blah. And so that's the only reason I had my little dude there. And when we were trying to think of a logo to put this, uh, uh, this podcast together, I said, why don't we do the Snapchat dude? And Jack was like, the what, the what? <laughs> That's not like selling you out. Like, yeah. I think, yeah, you know, this stuff's going to come into my purview. My daughter is going to be 10 in December. She's yeah. Asking for a phone for birthday. Uh-oh. Is it time? Christmas. Man, oh, man. I don't know, bro. I That's it's a hard one for me. It depends what Santa Claus says. Do me a favor. Make sure yep. you're, you're not going to allow her to have TikTok on that thing, right? No. I mean, you know, we haven't, we haven't talked a lot about China and among amongst the many things that we talk about on Talk It's Mac. And by the way, welcome to everybody who, if, if you're watching us on uh, on either Facebook Live or YouTube Live, you can comment to us. And I don't know if the restream comment thing is going to be working or not. We're trying yeah. something new today. And so, you know, we might be able to see your comments on the restream page. I don't know. But if you've got a question... If you've got a topic you want to hear us uh, smack about, if you've got, um, you know, something you want to complain about, whatever, throw them up there. That's the reason we're doing this live through streaming as many platforms as we can before it goes to the podcast, uh, you know, recording where you can watch it and listen to it as a download. Uh, but if you want to be a part of what we're talking about, you got questions or anything else you want us to talk about, go to our Facebook pages, either one of us, uh, and um, you know, drop a question or drop your topic or whatever you want us to talk about in the comment section. And um, that's just kind of something we like to do. And we do this every Monday and Wednesday, or excuse me, Monday and Thursday, yeah, uh, at seven o'clock. So um, you know, try to try to bookmark that or put it on your calendar if you really do want to be interactive with us on this whole thing. Yeah. And so you Jack, can also download these on. <clears throat> 
or actually any place that you listen to podcasts. I think I think Bruce would tell us that anywhere that yeah, you can get yeah. access to a podcast. Apple Podcasts, sure Spotify, Smack with Bob and Jack, Podbean, all of those. Right, you got it. Um, Bob, go ahead. I cut you off, brother. No, you know, I I, I was just going to say uh, the part about China and the TikTok thing. I mean. It's confirmed. You know, Donald Trump warned before he left office. He was talking about the danger of TikTok because it's a complete, you know, privacy destroying metadata gathering mm-hmm. platform from China. And Lord only knows what they're collecting from millions and millions of Americans because it is a very addictive platform. As you just scroll video, 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 uh, and, and all kinds of goofy stuff in it. Some of it's very funny. Some of it makes you think. And you just get caught up in it. And everything you hover over, it the algorithm takes note of. Um, they're looking at everything they can to learn about you. And then they're looking for patterns in the demographics of people. And Lord only knows what they're going to do with it. But Trump said that on the way out. And now, Jack, that he's gone, um, even prominent Democrats, many in the Biden administration are admitting and saying uh, TikTok is dangerous. TikTok is something, you know, I, I can't remember who it was. Maybe, you know. Um, said not only should you delete the TikTok app from your phone, um, they said when you do that, get rid of your phone and get a new phone because it's already been pulled. There's so much data um, that is being stored, that is being accessible, even if you're not using the TikTok app anymore. So I'm not saying millions of people are going to do that, man, but um, I'm alarmed by it because everybody I know has got it. Yeah, man. Uh, Mike, Pompeo said the same thing. I remember him talking maybe a year and a half ago about the threat that China possesses. And one of those threats being the collection of all the data through TikTok. TikTok. And I remember hearing a long time ago, if you're not paying for this, you're the product. So you right. are the product for China, your data and everything that they're going to do with it, which by the way, is exactly why I never did the, uh, you know, family tree DNA testing, even though you had to pay for it. That's why I never did the swab test with my nose because right. that information is going somewhere in a database. And that just totally scares agree. the hell out of me. Totally agree. Felt the same, same exact way. And that's why I don't, I don't let anybody have my DNA. I'm not going to put it on file anywhere because I don't know where it's going and what okay. it might be used for. So I'm with you on that. All right. So Jack, I, I, I started my radio show with this this morning. And I want to kick it with you, uh, no pun intended, because I am just, I, I abhor uh, kicky ball. Uh, I, I don't like it. It is not my thing. I think it is the most boring thing. The old adages of watching paint dry or grass grow are exciting to me. I'd rather sit there and stare at my dryer and wait for the clothes to dry before I would st- sit at, in front of a TV and watch guys run around for 90 minutes or sometimes 93 minutes or sometimes 97 minutes, whenever they decide the end game is over and they just kind of do it arbitrarily running around for that long and getting maybe one score or maybe one to one or none to none. I don't like kicky ball. It's not my thing. It's, it's as lame as it gets, but the story here is important because Jack, the women's soccer team, the women kicky ball players for the for the United States, which apparently won the last two World Cup championships, mm-hmm. um, they were making a lot less money than the men who didn't do so well. And, and for the last few years, we've been hearing people screaming, and mostly the women screaming, how come we don't make as much as the men do? We're better than they are. First of all, they're not. The, I remember a few years ago, the, the women's kicky ball national team played like some group of 15-year-old boys and got smoked like seven to nothing or something stupid like that bunch of 15 year old boys. So they're not better than the men, but they're more successful than the men in their particular sport or uh, their tournament. But the way I understand it, they don't have very many people watching it. And when people don't watch it, there's less revenue, less ad revenue, less, less ticket revenue. So you kind of get what you earn. Well, they griped and complained and bitched and moaned. And now apparently this is what I said, saw today, New York post reporting that under the new equal pay agreement, the women's team gets half of what the men make in this tournament. And now that the men won a couple of games, they're getting uh, some uh, $13 million, I guess, that is locked in. And the women who are sitting home watching it on TV get six and a half million of those dollars. They split it 50-50. And I'm trying to ask, trying to figure something out here, Jack. Is this not socialism? I can't think of another word for it. 
but they're literally taking somebody else's money because they don't make enough for their own, all in the name of equity. Everything, everything has to be equal in the outcome, even if they don't generate as much money on their own. They get to, to share the same money with the guys who do generate more income because more people are interested, interested in watching it. What am I missing here? Make that make sense. You're not missing anything. In fact, you just took the buzzword, right? I was thinking the whole time you were talking, this is the difference between equality and equity. And very few people understand it. So, of course, there are a lot of people who are really perturbed that there's a certain group of people who make more money and there's a certain group of people who make less money because they truly believe in equality of outcome, not equality of opportunity. And that's a ship that I think has sailed, uh, particularly with a certain age demographic in our country. And I pray that someday we get that back. But um, the question I always ask is, what's the opposite? What, what, what if we mean? actually took people at their word there and we let that play out? How long would that last? And I'll give you an example. I think we should reverse the results of an election because the person who got the most votes, that doesn't really count. We need, we need equity and outcome. So we should just do away with elections. Okay, obviously I'm talking tongue in cheek, but the point is- I don't like that comparison because, and I know you're being tongue in cheek, but you're talking about an election versus market- um, demand, um, talking competition, elections, fundamental. I, well, I know, but, but there's a big difference there because elections, everybody gets a vote and they're totaled up as opposed to market demands, which is, um, who is willing to pay money to see one thing versus another that is not in play. Everything in, in terms of an election is free. So I don't like the comparison. I know what you're trying to say with it, but I don't like the comparison. The thing I, I pointed this out on my own Facebook today, and I talked about it on the radio too. You know, to me, just to simplify things, if if a lot of people buy tickets to watch the men play kickyball and, and to watch it on TV and the ratings are high there and therefore the advertising dollars are big there. And let's say the men generate $100 just to make this very easy. And when the women play kickyball on the World Cup stage, very few people watch it and very few people see it and they generate, say, $20. So the way this is set up now, the men take their hundred and the women take their 20 and they pull them together and then they split it. And each side gets 60 bucks, even though the men generated five times more revenue because more people are interested in watching them than they are interested in watching uh, the women. That is straight up socialism. And I want somebody to tell me how that can be justified. And by the way, they went to an arbitrator over this. The women have been complaining for years, like I said, and they the men agreed to this. Why? I have no idea. Because they're giving away half of their money when they absolutely, the, the other side isn't doing anything to earn it. Yeah, that's their prerogative, I guess. I mean, the people who love this are the people who on the lower who are on the lower end of the output, right? So if you're producing less revenue, then you're happy. Yeah, because if you're generating less revenue. But, you know, this was something that I think was dealt with. You know, we just went through Thanksgiving, and I think this was dealt with when the settlers came here from across the pond. Wasn't it Jamestown? Wasn't that where they Sounds tried familiar, socialism? Yeah. And what ended up happening was that the younger, more productive members of that culture said, wait a minute. I'm working longer hours, I'm getting more done, and I'm getting paid as much as, you know, a guy my age who probably is as productive as me. And by the way, my wife is doing all of this work for other families. And wait a minute, this just doesn't, this isn't right. If I'm putting more out, I want more back. Right. And here's a news flash. We're kind of hardwired that way. So I hear where people are coming from, but I don't think that's a sustainable model because I'm going to go back to the question I asked earlier. What happens if we do that? If you, if this thing gets, if it's played out and we're forced to be compensated an amount that's well below what we produce 
what's the result? Bob, you know that answer. You know, you're talking about it from sustainability and results, though. I'm talking about it from just a fundamental fairness standpoint, Jack. Uh, and and to, to me, that mm. that takes precedent here, precedence here. Um, Bob, let I'm, I'm going to interrupt you there. Yeah. You, you're way ahead of the curve on this. You're pretending like the people who accept this understand fairness. We're dealing with hedonists. We're dealing with people who want what they want, when they want it, the way that they want it. There's no fundamental concept of fairness. There's no fundamental concept of here's a fundamental truth. Here's something that we live from and we know produces results. These folks want what they want. They want it right now and they'll do whatever they need to get it. Okay, go ahead. Well, you're not wrong, but I, I want to call them out for it. Um, and I'm going to give you an example. I don't think, I don't know how long he's been on TV, probably not as long as I've been on radio, but in all of the time that I have been on radio and Don Lemon has been on television, I think I have agreed with him exactly zero times. But that is about to change. Don Lemon was on his morning show this morning. You know the one he got bumped to because his primetime show was failing so miserably on CNN? So now he's got, he's a co-host with two female co-anchors in the mornings. And Don Lemon this morning on CNN, I had to read this because there's God knows I'm not watching it. But Don Lemon was arguing with his co-anchors, Caitlin Collins and Poppy Harlow. I have no idea who either of them are, but apparently they're his co-anchors. And he actually was arguing the correct point here for a change. And they weren't having it. He was saying, and the, the women were arguing that male athletes earn more because the media gives men's sports a bigger platform. And Don Lemon was arguing, saying, no, this is a capital. Can you believe this? Don Lemon arguing in favor of capitalism, Jack. He said this is a capitalist society and it benefits products that are in higher demand. And in this case, sports, men's sports are in much higher demand than women's sports. And he had to argue with them. And they continued to say, but the girls are better. The, the women kickyball players won the World Cup twice. They're better. They have to make more. And, and Jack, they just don't understand it. And I want to just scream. And that's the reason I want to talk about it with you. It is not about being better. It is about being more attractive to an audience that was willing to pay to watch you. If they're watching Bingo. you, if, you know, I, 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 I throw it this way. And, you know, Poppy Harlow said big media company, companies uh, are, are to blame for the lower popularity of women's sports because they won't put it on TV as much. She's literally backwards. If they were good at it and more entertaining, it would they would be put on TV all the time. Because guess what TV people want to do? They want to make, make money. money. And they'll make money right. if they put popular things on screen. And then advertisers say, we want to reach some of those people who are watching that. If they were better at it and more entertaining at it, they'd be making more money. So, Jack, my last point on this, and I just had to throw this at somebody online, you know, um, if you want to do this from a female male standpoint, Don Lemon's on TV screaming, I'm not sexist. I'm not sexist. I mean, not about that. That's just so funny. Sad that he has to explain it that way. Uh, right. I know. And so I did it this way. Taylor Swift is arguably the highest paid musician in the world. I think didn't something happen a couple of weeks ago where she had like all 10 of the top 10 songs in the, in the billboard chart or something on a certain day. It had never been done before or something stupid like that. Taylor Smith sells out 20,000 seat arenas at 150 bucks a ticket. I'm not, I'm no math major, so I'm not going to try. That's a lot of money. Joel Smith plays the local bar down at the corner on Saturday nights for $3 cover charge. They're both singing. They're both singing and trying to draw a singing audience in the mindset of those CNN lunatics and in the mindset of the women's Kicky ball players, Taylor and Joel ought to be pooling their money, their revenue together and splitting it evenly, right? Because they're yep. both singing just like they're both playing soccer. The fact that nobody wants to watch or listen to Joel and everybody wants to watch or listen to Taylor should be irrelevant. Equity demands they pull their money together and split it evenly, right or wrong? <laughs> well, according to their worldview, that's exactly right, Bob. But the problem with this worldview and the problem with many of their worldviews with hedonism is you can't apply it to different situations because it doesn't make a lick of sense. No, no, it doesn't. 
Hey, Jack, this is cool, dude. Um, are you seeing the little chat thing on the side of the window there? It's showing up on uh, on our on our. There it is, man. Page. Yeah, it's so. Hey, so, Trey, now. what's up, Josiah, Rachel? And, and looks Andrea, like some of them are coming from Facebook. Oh, I think they're all coming from Facebook, maybe. Uh, some actually from Restream. And don't forget, we're on YouTube, too. You can watch us there and on Twitch, too. So it's kind of cool. Yeah. And uh, by the way, Bob, I want to mention today's episode is sponsored by the Freedom Foundation. The Freedom Foundation is the creator of optouttoday.com, the number one tool to free government employees from union bondage. So go to freedomfoundation.com to learn more and make a 501c3 tax-deductible donation. And when you do, they'll double it if you put talking smack in the notes. So thank you, Freedom Foundation. Love it. Thank you so much to that fantastic sponsor. By the way, Andrea says, I don't have Snapchat, LOL. Most people don't. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm not a spring chicken. I'm not a kid, but I have it for my kids. Uh, so don't make fun of me. Uh, you, know what, you know what? Just don't judge me. Rachel, um, I'm with you. Kiki Ball cracks me up every time he says it. I, that's all I can think of to call it. I just, I, I just want to let you know, Whitney was a goalie, so I cannot laugh publicly. Hockey? No, Hockey? she was, a, she was a soccer goalie. She was oh, a kicky ball a fantastic goalie. soccer goalie. Oh, now if she was on the ice, I'd have had a little more respect for her because uh, that's a little different kind of goalie. She and has it's a little cat bit like reflexes, man. And long reach. She was an, an incredible oh, goalie. Holy crap. Um, you know, we plan our little topics to talk about here. Hey, look, my mm -hmm. arm disappears with my virtual background. How funny How is about that? that? Um, the matrix, <laughs> the matrix. Um, I just, I have to do this. This was not planned. Uh, Jack, did you see what the NHL commissioner said? Apparently a few days ago about where he sees the league in five years. No, I did not. Dude. The NHL is out -woking the NBA and then the NFL and MLB. It's unbelievable. Is that possible? I know, right? People, if you're, if you're checking us out on Facebook or Twitter or whatever, or I mean, uh, uh, or YouTube or whatever, drop a comment on here if you saw this, because I'm going to try to do this from memory. So if you have it more accurate, they declared their goal for the NHL in five years. This is the commissioner, Gary Bettman. In five years, they want the league rosters to represent the communities in terms of all sexes. He said all first, then later corrected it to both sexes. But in terms of sexes and ethnicity, race, color, et cetera. So in other words, their goal in five years is to make the NHL less white. The NHL is very, very white. And that's largely because hockey is so dominant in much more, you know, in uh, in some European countries where there are a lot more white people, Scandinavian countries, European countries, you know, whatever. Canada here, whatever the case. It's a very low, you know, it, it shouldn't matter because, you know, the NBA, of course, is very, very uh, over, overwhelmingly African-American dominated or just African, I guess, black dominated, we'll say, because of the influx of so many players from overseas these days. But it shouldn't matter one lick, but Jack, what that means is if they're saying that's their goal, um, meritocracy is now out the window in that sport. Does that mean, are they going to have an affirmative action quota? Each roster must have at least X number of females on the NHL ice. Are they going to do each roster must have X number of trans males on the ice, uh, white, black, Hispanic, Asian, I mean, I'm, I'm not making this up. This is what he said. And I'm thinking to myself, sports are the ultimate meritocracy. The best players make the league and the best players of them make the most money. And they want to try to, they want to try to, uh, affirmative action, the, the national hockey league, dude, I, I, are you much of a hockey fan? No, I'm not I either. I, I used to be sports, football, baseball, wrestling. Okay. Uh, amateur or pro. Wrestling. wrestling, you mean? Yeah. No, I'm not talking off the top you're, rope wrestling. You're a Roman Reigns not, fan. Not Come Hollywood on. wrestling. I'm talking about, you know, the guys that <clears throat> yeah, I got you. Are, look like the Greco-Romans back in the day. Real wrestling. But, but how insane, right? I mean, like I said, meritocracy. Nobody complains that there is only one white defensive back in the National Football League. There's one white cornerback. Of all of 32 teams and two cornerbacks starting and, and probably a good four or five more on the roster, there's one white guy. 
Nobody complains. Want to know why? Because the belief is not enough white guys are fast enough to play cornerback and cover uh, the wide receivers. That's the reality of it. And you know who gets those jobs? The best players. The fact that they're all black is irrelevant. The best players, the ones, right? The end of sports. With the merit. Thank you. The end of sports. No, you ready? I'm about to drop it. Drop it. I want 10% of everything after this. It's no longer sports. It's Rex. Race and sex. That's it. It's the Rex competition. It's a shame. No more sports. But it's not wrong. You're not wrong. You know, I now you've I got it. You've it. got it. You've got a daughter. You just said she's going to be ten soon, right? She'll be ten. Yep. She and she's an athlete, right? She is. She actually just earned her or, white orange belt tonight in jujitsu. So congratulations, Sonny. If they wanted to put her on a boys' team in whatever sport she's into, and I know you said she's into martial arts, and that's great. But I mean, if it gets to team sports, and they want to put her on a boys' team. Because the goal here is to, you know, make the teams all look like the community rather than on a girls team where she can compete with other people like her. What would you do? Well, let's be realistic. At nine, almost 10, she's going to kick some boys' asses because girls mature faster than boys. Well, they grow faster, no doubt. Yep. And so there's a point beyond which the lines cross cross and they never cross again, right? They never catch up again. So, yeah, there is a point beyond which I think her competing against boys could be dangerous. Although in the martial art that she's in now, she does roll with guys all the time. Yeah. But there is a a point where men are stronger, men are faster. That's not sexist. That is. I mean, look at his or her name, Leah Thomas, whatever. Um, It's just, it's a proven fact. So... Yeah, I think if it's a contact it's sport, there's danger. If it is not a contact sport, then there's a disadvantage. And I don't think it's fair. But, um, man, I it, I don't even comprehend how we are where we are today. I really don't. Because well, understand, I think, feel, and act a certain way. And I feel like I'm surrounded by a lot of people who, you know, remember that old book, men are from Mars, women are from Venus. Yeah. I feel like the way that a lot of people think and feel today in our country is so far lunatic. (laughs) I I mean, I, I don't even know how to argue this because even making a salient logical point to you, Bob, that doesn't hold water with people. It's like arguing with a drunk. It's like arguing with a bipolar narcissist. You're just never going to connect the points. So sometimes I get so exasperated because I'm like, man, I'm just like talking to myself here. I can make logical sense all day long, but they're not listening. They're not. No. Um, and you know, you're right. Uh, you know, like just, just with what you said a second ago, when you said, is it his or her, you're playing into the game. Leah Thomas is a biological male. Leah Thomas has male genitalia. Leah Thomas has male bone density, male lung capacity, male uh, muscle tone strength, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, It's a male who decided to ruin females swimming uh, experiences um, uh, in the NCAAs. Uh, Let's just call people what they are, not these fantasies or whatever their personality tells them they wish that they could be. All right. um, You ready to move on? Or you got any more on that? Yeah, there's a really interesting comment from Bridget Novak. Did you see that one, Bob? No, bring it up. Hit hit me with it. Change the argument from gender-based to race-based. Hypothetically, if the league was split by race and the people of color won but had no audience and the people of no color had the draw and made the money, would that be justified? Things that make you go, hmm. Justified in whose eyes? Because in my eyes, in my eyes, the answer would be the same. The meritocracy is is in full effect here. If you are more entertaining at your sport, I don't care if you're black or white or male or female. If you're more entertaining and more people want to watch you and you generate more income, then you keep more income. If you are great at your sport, but nobody's watching, 
No, you don't get to take money from away from people uh, that are being watched. It's just that simple. That dude that I said who sings down at the corner bar on Saturdays for $3 cover charge might be amazing. But if only 15 people know it and he makes 45 bucks on the $3 cover charge, sorry, you don't get any of Taylor's money. I don't care how good you might be. I don't care how black or white you might be either if you're uh, and I like that Bridget by the way thank you for the for the uh, the great comment. Um, but it's the crossover it's a, right that we talk about when you bring in something that is red hot relevant but the opposite of the direction they're going you kind of go well, mm-hmm. wait a minute what if that was the case. But right. it goes back to my point of hedonism you can't you can't argue things logically with this group it's it's about um you know whatever it is making up ground. I mean Frankly, if you're going to make amends for past, you know, racist or homophobic behavior, then in their mind, they're justified in committing racism and they're justified <laughs> in committing sexism. I mean, that's that's it. That's yeah. the only way you make up ground. Yeah, in 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 the in the warped world of the woke, uh, that's exactly right. Uh, by the way, that was really cool, Bruce. Bruce, uh, our our engineer guy, uh, you know. Big, big Bruce McPee. Uh, that was phenomenal. He pulled up that that Bridget comment there. Do you see it? Made it full screen. That was cool. I like it. Solid. This is our first time. This is our first time doing this with a new platform. We're normally doing this face to face, so we're just kind of experimenting here. So you were you're learning along with us. We're uh, we're kind of guinea pigging you as the first uh, audience uh, to do it this way. All right, Jack. Um, this one I think is going to be fun because. You teased me with it uh, before we came on live, and I told you to shut up. Don't tell me now. Tell me when we're live. According to a new story, this is, uh, I don't know where they're, if it's a survey, I'm guessing it's a survey that was done rather than just writing uh, something saying we heard a lot of people. Uh, The New York Post apparently is cited here as one of the sources for this, that apparently a disproportionate number of Gen Z parents are refusing to allow their children to believe in Santa Claus. Why? Because they'll be traumatized when they find out that he's not real. Now, I've heard of snowflakes before, no pun intended with Christmas here, but holy God, you're going to ruin the experience of Christmas morning and Santa bestowing you with gifts? And twas the night before Christmas, all because someday the kid's going to grow up. Uh, are you are you for real, Jack? Tell me. I know the Gen Z, you know, demographic is is being raised a little bit differently and have been raised a little bit differently. And I don't know what we're calling their generation of kids after that. Uh, maybe just Generation Snowflake. I don't know. But holy goodness! I mean, really? How do you feel yeah. about that? You know, I, I I look at what the argument is from the Gen Z audience and the two themes that I continue to see. One is the, the kids are going to be traumatized once they realize that Santa Claus isn't real. So there's this trauma argument. And then there's this concept of, well, I don't want my kid to think that he or she is good or bad and on a list. And so they don't get gifts if they're bad and they get gifts if they're good. So, you know. That makes sense because they don't like meritocracy. (laughs) Um, But I will be real vulnerable here and tell you, there was a moment early on in my daughter's life that I thought, do I want to let her believe that there's a Santa Claus? Because I don't want to put myself in a position later in life where she looks at me and goes, dad lied to me for 10 years. (laughs) Whether Santa Claus is real or not, that was my struggle. And, you know, I'll be able to explain away, hey, you know, it's just kind of a mythical <clears throat> thing and here's why we do it and here's why we don't do it. But for me, it was more about what is Christmas really about? And if I'm being really frank with you, I've always struggled with the whole Santa Claus thing. <laughs> Christmas is about Jesus to me. So there there are some issues that I've had with the, you know, commercialization of Christmas and the pop culture of Christmas, but I digress. There's first of all, there's room for both. Second of all, Bridget is awesome. 
Bridget just hit us again with wait until they grow up and find out the government doesn't work in their favor. That's trauma. <laughs> that is outstanding. Kids are going to grow up and learn all kinds of things that they didn't know when they were kids. That's what makes them kids. Jack, you're killing me. Um, here's the other thing. Hey, I didn't uh, go in that direction. All right, but you were And close. by the way, real quick, yeah. Bridget, the best way to do that, we've done this, is when the kid works yeah. and you give the kid $10, yeah. give it to him in ones and keep $4 and tell him, well, hey, that's 40%. It's going to pay your income tax, your state <laughs> tax, your local tax, and then you have the rest of that for you. Now, do you do that? Do, do you really do that quickly? Do you, do you do that to your nine-year-old? Yes. You give her an allowance, but then take some of it back. She goes, wait a minute. Is that why they called him taxing Tim Ryan? I said, that's exactly why they called him taxing Tim Ryan. So you actually do. You take your daughter's allowance and you take some of it away from her and saying that's tax. We so don't do allowance. She works. Oh, okay. Well, well whatever. Work. Yeah. I mean, they okay. do a little bit of work and we, we yeah. Well, when, when, you know, when I was younger, we called them chores and you got an allowance for yes. your chores. Okay. Yep. Uh, but you actually do that. Wow. I was going to say, because, you know, those are things you learn as you get older, obviously. Uh, there are some lessons you don't have to learn when you're nine or eight or whatever, in my opinion. But back to the issue of the Santa thing. The reason why, but I hope nobody's watching with their computer screen on right now and your kids are around as we talk about this. Let's be smart here, okay? I'm assuming yeah. we're talking to an adult audience. Um, if, if, if I tell my kid, look, I want to be straight with you right up front. There's no fat, jolly guy um, around, other than your dad. There's no fat, jolly guy coming down any uh, chimneys and bringing you presents from all around the world. Um, it's just something that is told to kids. You tell that to your kid, and guess what you've done? You've ruined it for every kid in their class because now the discussion is on, you know, there's no Santa. My dad told me there's no Santa. Now you're ruining the whole thing for everybody. It's just stop. Let kids believe in tooth fairies. Let kids believe in Easter bunnies, even though it has nothing to do with the risen Christ, it, you know, and let kids believe in Santa. And yes, take them to mass on Christmas Eve and on Christmas Day and all the other holy day of oblig days, days of obligation. If you're if you're a Christian or Catholic or whatever. Uh, and that, but then let them enjoy the magic of of Santa as well. And guess what? When the time comes, I've never known. Do you remember, Jack? Do you remember what when you found out? Were you ticked yeah, at mom and dad? You lying SOBs. Or were you like, yeah, I saw wow, my that mom was you guys all along? I'm like, what did is you really? she doing? What, you woke up and came down and saw her? She was eating the cookies, man. And that's yep. how you found out? That's how I found out. Scarred. So you I was like, scarred. are you kidding me? Well, that might explain a lot about you. Uh, <laughs> no, <laughs> no, but seriously, in, in all seriousness, it, you know, I, I don't know anybody when they found out was mad at mom and dad. Instead, it was like, oh, no way. I mean, oh my gosh. And, and by the way, once, since you're talking about teaching your, your daughter about, you know, money and taxes and so on and so forth, once the kids find out it is you, you know what a hero you become when they realize how much money you've been spending on them throughout the years, because this wasn't being built in, a, in an elf's workshop, but that you're going to Toys R Us for them and spending your entire, you know, month's paycheck on them. You get a little Net cred taxes. there too. Yeah. <laughs> you get a little cred, a little extra cred there when they find that out. Um, Hold on a second. Uh, let's see. Trey says what? Pop that one up there, Brucey. I would challenge that point, Bob. Uh, I want my kids to know that their parents worked hard to make sure. See, there you go. That's what I was talking about. To make yep. sure they have a great Christmas and not give credit to some fake fat guy. Also, there is the lying to your kids for years. But that's what I mean. Once they find out after they have the magic of Santa came, Santa came, which you can never take that away from any kid. Once that they're old enough to realize, then they're looking like, that was you guys all along. Just the hug you get from thank you for all of your generosity that it just comes. It's a little bit of a delayed grat gratification, right? Yeah, I, I see that. I still struggle with it a little bit, man, honestly. But, you know, hey, the bottom line is, Bridget says, parenting <sighs> should be left to parents, their choice. Amen. Indeed. Indeed. Yep. Um, one more quickie from Rachel. I'm 36. We grew up not believing in Eridus, uh, not believing in Santa or the Easter Bunny, et cetera, and we were okay. We had so much appreciation for my parents getting us the presents. Again, I agree with that, but just delayed gratification. I've gone back and forth with it for my daughter, but I've chosen to focus on Jesus for Christmas. Okay. Uh, good on you. Uh, everybody has that right, obviously. Um, 
but but the the last point I'll make about it, since we're talking about the lying thing, and you don't want to be lying to your kid for ten years or however many years it is until they find out about Santa. Um, does your daughter have pets, Jack? We have um, Newt and Neville. We have two parakeets. Did you have pets when you were a kid, particularly I dogs? I did. And by the way, when she's with her mother, they have like three dogs, a cat, and eight chickens. Okay. So she has tons of pets. And what about you? Did you have uh, Did you have dogs or any pets growing up like that? I had a I'm not dismissing the parakeets. Don't get me wrong, by the way. But the whole man's best friend thing, you know, it's, it's a really, really, really hard thing when a family loses a dog. And, and by the way, I've got cats in my house because my wife is a cat lover and that's what I married. So that's what I'm stuck with. But um, I, I love dogs. I think dogs are just a little different. That's why they call them man's best friend. So there's just something about the attachment. And maybe you do the attachment with a, with a bird or with a, with a cat or whatever it is. The point being, yeah. my question is, when they die, what do you tell your, your kid? Is there a dog heaven? Is there a parakeet heaven? What do you tell your kid? It's uh, it's good life. Good time. Be grateful. That's it. So you don't tell them that it's okay because uh, little Rover is, is, is now in doggy heaven and, and someday you'll see him when you get there too. Any of those kind of things? Cause that's a lie. Well, let me rephrase. We don't know. I believe in heaven and the afterlife because Jesus Christ is my Lord and savior. And he saved us all from our own mortal sins. And I believe that. Um, but I don't know that there's a dog heaven and I don't know that dogs are going up, uh, and going to be waiting for us there. But we tell our kids that most of us anyway, that there's, you know, it's okay because as they cry and they cry themselves to sleep, you know, you tell them that their kitty's in heaven. Now it's just makes them feel better. Sometimes we say things to our kids, even if they're not true, or we don't know if they're true or not just to make them feel better. And I don't consider that to be a lie that is, uh, you know. A Ten Commandment breaker. It's not a bearing false witness kind of lie that I think is a, is a bad thing. I think sometimes you say things to make kids feel good. Yeah, I'm striking out here, Bob. I'm. <laughs> I don't do the doggy heaven thing. And truth be told, I'm not a I'm not an animal person. Like I know a lot of people love dogs and man's best friend. I love people. Yeah. And uh, you know, part of it is I'm allergic to cats and allergic to long haired dogs. <laughs> so. I'm the one striking out then. I'm sitting here trying to convince you and make all of these important points of like, yeah, that's true. You can't relate at all. You don't like dogs. You don't, you're allergic to them. Uh, I liked, I liked them when I was little and then, you know, they'd lick my face. I'm like, this is great. And then later on you realize they lick their butts and you're like, yeah, this is not so cool. I'm not down. Oh, they've got enzymes on their tongue though. Everything that they touch is clean. Sure okay? They do. They do. Everything they have is curable with ointment. It's gonna be why okay. Why do you why why do you think they can eat a dead animal and eat its innards? You know, a cat can kill a rat and eat it and digest it and not have any problem. You do it, you're dead because they have different yeah. abilities. They're different, you know, their yeah, their enzymes God, God break made things them that down. way. They did. He did, yes. That's exactly right. My goodness. I feel like I'm striking out here. All right. Uh, if you've got any more thoughts on that, you can keep dropping them in the comments section, but we're going to move on. So um, we've talked a little bit about this on Monday's Talking Smack Jack about what's going on in uh, Columbus on Saturday, the holly drag. You talk about taking Christmas and warping it or taking the holidays and warping it, warping them. They're doing their holly drag event. It's a church. It's the Universal Unitarian Church or Unitarian Universal Church or whatever it is of Columbus. It's being hosted by a school. So a school for little elementary kids is getting together with a church, which is supposed to be for kids' faith, and going to introduce them to naked, or excuse me, not naked, but uh, dudes dressed in sexually provocative women's clothing for holodrag, because this is going to benefit who and how and why. No one at all that I can understand. Um, and there's going to be some protests. The proud boys are going to be there protesting. I've got all kinds of articles in front of me where the, uh, drag groomers who are trying to groom little kids. Don't just don't test me on this about the word groomer. Yes. If you just wanted to read to kids, you'd wear khakis and polos. You're wearing this goofy lingerie type gear. Because you want little kids to try to do that too. You're grooming them into a deviant lifestyle like yours. All right? Just don't even test me with that. 
So the groomers are are arguing uh, that it's the hate-filled Proud Boys that are the ones who are going to cause problems on Saturday, and they're praising, I've got an article here, they praise the police for promising to keep the hateful Proud Boys away from their children's event. Jack, I, I don't know what happened, but strip clubs, to my knowledge, have always been adults only. And drag shows, which are essentially the gay version of strip clubs, clubs where they go out there again and sexually revealing clothes, do sexually gratuitous dances for tips, just like the strippers on the stage at uh, Pinkies or whatever strip club there may be. Um, suddenly they're calling those children's shows. And if you push back against that, you're the bigot, you're the hater, you're the supremacist, you're the whatever it is they call the Proud Boys there uh, that are trying to stop kids from being exposed to this sexually inappropriate material. Um, yeah, Fat, Fat Andy Ginther, the mayor of Columbus, uh, called them extremists. So Fat Andy calls you an extremist if you don't want your kid to be exposed to some hairy butt shaking in his or her face mm-hmm. by a crossdresser. Right. Like, I don't give a rip. And that's what they what are. Adults do on their own time. I don't care. Go Same. do it. Same. Do it to Have the fun. hill. Do it. Get get drunk emotionally on it. Here's what I'm going to come back to, and this is probably a rhetorical question, but I mentioned this earlier in the week during our Monday podcast. If you remember, I said, look, Xi Van Fleet, who is the woman from China that I think we're going to have on the show in the next week or two, she talks about red China, black China. If you don't know what I'm talking about, Go to Brave, go to, you know, one of those other uh, search engines, not Google, and do some searching on Red China and what happened and how the communists took over. And so what happens is they try to divide everybody down an ideological line to the point that the side that supports that supports this Marxist or communist takeover outweighs what I'll call the sane people. And that's all I can chalk this up to is, you know, it was masks, it's vaccines, it's MAGA, it's Trump, it's Republicans, it's LGBTQ, and it's science. I mean, look how everything is divided right down the middle. And you're either on this side or this side. So the goal is to get everybody aligned on this side so that we are now uh, able to usher in this Marxist communist Republic, this utopia that these people who are crazy enough to believe that they're going to be at the top of the food chain to benefit from want. If that's not the purpose, what is it? Because we know that your thoughts and your feelings drive your behavior and your behavior ultimately gives you your results in life. So if the purpose of this, Bob, isn't to get people divided and to get more people on that one side of the scale to usher in Marxism. What, what are they trying to get these kids to think and feel and, and act? What is it? Is, I, is I it grooming? It, is it I, that I, they want these kids to be completely comfortable with adults acting as sexual deviants in their presence? Is that what they're really trying to do? And if they're trying to do it, fat Andy, it's not okay. Don't call me an extremist because I don't want that happening in front of my daughter. The answer to your question is yes to both of them. It is both of those things. It is trying to usher in an era of Marxism of the first step of which is what? Break down and destroy the nuclear family. How do you break down the nuclear family? You turn kids away from their parents and you turn kids toward this kind of deviancy and not the normal uh, everyday moralistic values that kids have been raised with in the history of this Western civilization. Secondly, the grooming is exactly for that purpose to get more people on their side. You know what, you know what um, the LGBTQ community cannot do. They cannot reproduce because no matter how many times they want to tell you that a man can get pregnant, a man can't get, man can't get pregnant. Men can't reproduce and procreate with other men. Otherwise you wouldn't have a shortage. Right. Women can't get with other women and reproduce either. So how do they grow their numbers? They grow them by recruitment, grooming them, recruiting them into their lifestyle at yes, young kids, 
for example, at these drag shows. That's what they do. It is absolutely an intention to grow their own numbers and, yes, pull the kids away from the parents to enable this. And by the way, you misspelled dystopia when you said utopia because it really is the exact opposite of that. Now, I want to give you two quick things here because this is important to know. While they defend this thing they're going to do on Saturday in Columbus, um, they don't want you to know about Brett Bloom or Blom. Brett Blom is a judge who judges these drag queen story hour events, you know, judges the competitions. A judge with connections to the drag queen story hour was arrested last year on seven counts of child pornography. Now, does that mean every drag queen is a child pornographer? No, it doesn't. But they don't know because the LGBTQ community, particularly the T portion of that, was rooted in pedophilia. That's not me saying so. That is Johns Hopkins research saying so. That's the Ohio story that I'm going to tie there. And then this one, this is dated. This is current. No, it's not. Apologies. This is an old. This is from 2019. It was brought up as if it it was current because of this current thing. Houston Public Library admits. Registered child sex offender read to kids at Drag Queen Storytime. They opened the gates at the library to have these cross-dressers coming in there, ostensibly to recruit, but they say just to read to kids, and they have no earthly idea which of them are pedophiles and sex offenders. And they don't find out until after the fact. And they say, well, in our review and our process, we discovered we failed to complete a background check as required by our own guidelines. They damn well better be doing background checks anytime and every time they teach some grown man, or not teach, they allow some grown man to put on women's lingerie and go spend time with little kids. They doggone well better vet them. They doggone well better uh, better background check them and make sure that there aren't kids who are going to be introduced to people who are going to now be familiar with them and then use that relationship, that introduction to start a relationship that turns into, there's that word they hate so much, grooming. Um, And I just cannot believe that we have to have this disagreement that, you know, I think the Babylon Bee said it best, Jack, the headline was uh, attendance dwindles at drag event when name is changed to grown men in women's lingerie want to spend secret time with your kids. That's exactly right. Bob, I'm just beside myself, man. You know. um, Hey, you want to hear it in the way? Go ahead. ahead, ahead. No, if you're struggling for something to say, I've got another follow up here. But if you got something, go ahead. No, so it doesn't mean, look, there are certain people who have predilections and, and perversions, and that doesn't mean that they're grooming kids and, you know, they, they want to do inappropriate things with kids, right? But it certainly is the highway. So touche to your point, you know, Whitney always talks about weddings, right? She's been, she's, she's been in the wedding business for a long time, and she says, hey, um, weddings that have problems – often have liquor involved. Not everyone, right? Not, not every time liquor is involved is there a problem at a wedding. Um, but every time there's a problem at a wedding, liquor is involved, right? So it's like, it's not one of those things that it's 100%, but it certainly is a gateway. And yeah. it certainly is, um, you know, a step closer to that heinous perversion than it is, you know, if you're not practicing or immersed in that type of culture. Well, you know, you you say it's a gateway and here's what's on the other side of that gate. All right. The gateway is when they're little kids and they're, they're, they're groomed to do this. Here's what happens when they get a little bit older. This one is current. This is a, this is a, uh, a today tweet and story from libs of TikTok. It's bad enough to drag performances for families or pop families are popping up all over the country with adults performing for children. But a New Jersey high school has taken it to the next level. The students are performing for the adults. This happened apparently last month on October 27th. Well, now it's December, so you get it. On October 27th, 100th Central Regional High School in Flemington, New Jersey, did just that. A student club led by the faculty advisor, Heather Baldwin, held a student-performed drag show on school property in secret for adults. The event was brought to the community's attention three days after when an email was leaked to the New Jersey Project, an organization that advocates for parents' rights. And here it is. The invitation, 
Good morning. The Pulse students are putting on an invite only. Psst. This is your invite drag show in the Little Theater Block 5 today. If you would like to come and support the students and their efforts to create a fun to create fun drag looks, please, please feel free to drop by and join wow. us. This was sent to staff, not to other students. This says from Heather Baldwin to staff. So, grown adults, come and watch 14, 15, 16, and 17-year-olds, our high school students, cross-dress and dance in sexually provocative ways for your entertainment. So if... That's what's on the other side of the gate. If a teacher took pictures that were sexually suggestive, right, or implied, stored those pictures on his or her computer... And let's say that the FBI decided to investigate one of them at some point, didn't understand that this event took place. Do you, th do you think that they would be charged with the possession of child pornography? I would hope so. Uh, you're damn right they would. And this is going on in a school? Yes. Did parents know about this? Were they, were they notified? <clears throat> were, the, were the parents of these children notified that they were going to do this? I am going to hope for the sake of just a little bit of sanity that every one of those students was over 18. Maybe they were all seniors. Maybe they're 18 or over, in which case they are legally consenting adults. But I doubt it. It didn't say that. Uh, it just said this is a high school and students involved in this club are going to be doing this dancing thing. Now, even if they were 18, it wouldn't change anything. But to what you said, if they had underage kids under the age of 18, and in, in sexually, uh, you know, provocative clothing, as you just pointed out in, on their phones, yes, they would be charged with possession and perhaps trafficking and child pornography. And rather than have it on their phones, they had it in person. They had it in person so they could all stare at these kids and Lord knows what goes through their minds and probably well, taking pictures this? too. This is in New Jersey. New Jersey, New Jersey, Flemington, New Jersey. Yeah. No arrests. No arrests. No investigations. No, nope. just, just complaints. Uh, well, I mean, I don't know if there was a quote-unquote investigation. There were complaints uh, from, let's see here. After the email, the last Monday, the Flemington Board of Education held a meeting with public comment heavily focused on the student drag show. Parents, staff, and residents took to the podium to express their concerns about the sexualization of children in the form of school-sponsored drag performances, while others com commended the board on what they described as a beautiful activity. Uh, and then there's just a whole bunch of uh, videos that I can't really play for you here of uh, some people complaining and some people saying this is glorious. I have I have no more comment on it, Bob. I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna lose my fecal matter on it. I, uh, I just uh, let I me have zero stomach for it. Um, I don't I don't understand the the beauty in it. I don't understand sexualizing. First of all, let's go back to something really important. Our frontal lobes don't develop until we're, what, 25, 26 years old? For men, so, like 20, 27, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, we've talked about this on podcasts previously. We're allowing kids in schools as young as kindergarten and certainly up through their senior years, 18 years of age, right, to have conversations with school personnel about their gender, about any – LGBTQ topic that they want to talk about. And in many cases, we're allowing the schools to crowd out the parents from these conversations and we're allowing them to begin socially, right? So thinking and feeling precedes action. So we're allowing these schools to socially transition these kids to something that may be followed on by puberty blockers, hormones, surgeries that are irreparable and we're doing it before they're even cognitively developed to do it. I have no stomach for it. It doesn't make sense according to the science, to the biology or to logic. And this is the world that we live in today. I'm inclined to take Tom, Tom Wood's question about election integrity in Arizona because I, I'm gonna I'm gonna lose my mind. I'm gonna say a lot well, of cuss words. Maybe 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 Monday. Yeah, maybe Monday we can do that because we're just our hours about up here. But I do want to read a couple of comments that are here on uh, on the topic. Um, Tom <laughs> Tom Wyan says cats are evil. Yes, they are. 
tell that to my wife. I married into a man. I got to admit, I, I grew up hating cats too because my mother and father hated cats. We had dogs. Uh, but when I married my wife, or actually when we first started dating, I said, you have cats? No. Uh, we married and she had two when I married her and it's been 22 years and now we have four uh, because they're all rescues too from our backyard or someplace. Uh, but uh, I've grown to be able to tolerate cats, I must admit, but I am a dog person. Um, a great lesson in psychology. I, I, I'm convinced cats are narcissists and dogs are codependent. Dogs just want to make you happy. Cats are so aloof. They don't give a rip if you want them there or not. That is very true. That is very true. The difference between dogs and cats, but, uh, but a dog's codependency, it's, it's, it's mutual. It is. It really is codependency because people uh, absolutely love their dogs. Bridget uh, is back with, I think a better term than grooming is normalizing. I that maybe in some cases they're trying to normalize the deviant behavior, sure. but usually it's for the purpose of grooming the kid into perhaps participating in what they believe now is normal. That's what normalizing is. It's a step toward the gro on the grooming scale, as far as I see it. I wonder if certain events are held by sponsors as an attempt to show the adults attending that their lifestyle is normal and should be accepted and the kids are pawns. There's, there's a lot of truth to that. Jeff just says this is sickening. Completely agree with that, too. And uh, some uh, spam users got in here and said, my hot photo here. Uh, my advice to you, don't click the hot photo. You're about to have your, 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 your stuff stolen. That's it. Jack, uh, maybe we'll hit the Arizona election integrity thing on uh, Monday. It is a complete blank show out there, too. Katie Hobbs ran the election, and then she actually threatened to uh, throw people in jail if they didn't certify the elections, uh, despite all kinds of problems. That'll be another yep. topic for Monday. So uh, Monday, 7 o'clock, Thursday, 7 o'clock. Those are our days we go live and we do the streaming thing and with your comments. And if you're listening to this after the, the uh, live show on the uh, podcast pages, share it. Would you? If you got us on uh, what? Uh, Apple Podcasts or Spotify or whatever. Uh, if you liked it, share it. Send it around. We're trying to grow this biatch. And I think uh, I think you can help us do that. All right, Jack. We're talking smack. Good stuff. Appreciate it, brother. We'll talk to you again on Monday. Bob, God bless you. Thanks, everyone, for tuning in. We'll catch you next week. Have a great weekend. We'll see you.